Hey, greetings everybody. Uh, how wonderful day that God bless us with today. And um, hope you're tuning in tonight. I'm gonna do another video on the on our spiritual opponents. Um, this is the second video on the spiritual opponents that we're facing. It's spoken of here in the book of Ephesians. And um, the uh, so first of all, before I start, I'm gonna read the verse. Here in Ephesians where it talks about it and then we'll get started into this thing and uh, I'll tell you God has been good been so good for a lot of things that are going on in a lot of people's lives um, some of our family's life and stuff and uh, I'll tell you God is awesome and uh, he's worthy of all of our praise all of our adoration and all and exaltations everything I mean there's it's just he's amazing he's an awesome God a powerful God and it's still in the miracle working business and um, you know we just have to believe and we have to believe that he will do what we ask you know and that's what the Bible says whatsoever we ask in his name and we believe he shall fulfill it and he shall do it and uh, you know it's a promise that we have and that the child of God has a child of God let me make sure I say that that a child of God has you, know, you have to be living for him to, to gain the benefits from him and everything but I tell you he's 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 an awesome God a wonderful God but let's get on into this thing book of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 I read this last week um, this verse and I'm gonna read it again because of what we're dealing with tonight is based on this verse it says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood I said that last week we don't fight against each other but we but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So I'm going to pray over the word right quick before I get started. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to, to get on here and on Facebook Live, Lord, and to share your word, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to use me, Lord, as your vessel. Give me the words that you'd have me to say, Lord, that it'll go forth and help each and every one of us, Lord God. And our walk with you, Lord, it'll help us gain strength in you, Lord Jesus, and to be able to stand in this evil day, Lord God, that's approaching, Lord, and that's upon us, Lord God. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, to help me bring this out, Lord God, in an easy way to understand, Lord Jesus, like like you've been helping me do so far, Lord God. And I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord Jesus. And anybody, Lord, out there that's watching, Lord, that's sick, Lord Jesus, in their body, or that need a, a healing and a, or a spiritual healing or whatever it might be, Lord, or need a miracle in their life, Lord God, I ask you to reach to them, Lord Jesus. Touch them, Lord God, with your miracle working power, Lord God, and heal them in the name of Jesus with your healing virtue. And we thank you, we praise you, God. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray, Lord, amen. For we wrestle against powers. That's what I'm speaking of tonight, speaking on tonight. If you happen to catch the title, it says, The Power of Choice. And the word power here in this, in this verse, is, it's mistaken for a lot of different things. Um, a lot of people mistake it for, for devils or for demons or whatever. But the word power is not that. That's not what the word powers means right there. And it's not witchcraft or anything else that might be coming against us. The word power here, and if you look at the definition in the Hebrew or in the Greek, I mean, the New Testament is, was, a, was originally written in Greek. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. So this being in the New Testament, the definition of the word powers here in, in the Greek is a sense of ability, privilege, or freedom. You see, our one of our biggest things that we fight with, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you now, 
We think the devil has so much power or whatever. He's only got the amount of power that God allows him to use against you. Because if you're a child of God and the devil's coming against you, it's because God's allowing it probably to get something out of you that, that he wants out of you or to work something out of your life like he did Job. But, you know, but I'm not going to get into that tonight. That's for another night. What I'm speaking of tonight is the power of choice. And that's our ability to choose what we want to do. You see, when you think about Adam and Eve in a garden, when, when God placed Adam in the garden and he had all those trees in the garden, he told him you could eat of any of these trees that you want. Any of these trees in the garden. It's, it's all you. It's all for you to, to eat, to, you know, to help, uh, help your body and to sustain you or whatever. You're more than welcome to eat any of it. He said, but one tree in the garden, the one that's right there in the center of the garden, don't touch it. Don't eat of that fruit because the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And what he was speaking of, he would die spiritually. What he was given, he was given a choice. You see, God didn't force him to not eat of that tree. He gave him a choice of not to eat of that tree. And that's what it all boils down to is what we decide or what we choose to do. You see, we, we can choose to do whatever we want. I mean, it's entirely up to us. And you see, if we choose to live to live our own life and not live for god and just go out and do whatever we want to do then we've made the decision to not live for god instead we made the decision to fulfill the lust of the flesh and to do what the what the flesh wants to do to do what the body wants to do because see the body the flesh is enmity against god in other words the flesh doesn't want to do what god wants it to do the flesh wants to do what it wants to do and god knows that the flesh don't want to do what it what he wants it to do so that's why he changes the spirit man inside of us and we have to be we still have to be willing even after he does that we have to be willing to walk in the way that he wants us to go and to do what he wants us to do you see we're servants of what we choose we either choose there's two things to choose from that's good and evil there's no three or four or five different things notice it's between god and between the flesh or the devil so that's what we have to choose from and there's two things so the flesh wants to do what you know what it wants to do and the flesh is influenced by sin or by the devil or by worldly things so that's what we fight against we fight against our flesh and we fight against we you know either either we choose to to live for god or we choose to live for the flesh and that's the two choices that we have in this life so let's, let's get on into this um and in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 15, you can write these scriptures down and go back and read them later if you want to make sure I'm telling you what the Bible says. And I want you to do that because I want you to know that I'm telling you the truth. So if you look in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, he's, he's telling the people choose you this day who you're going to serve and that's what i'm telling you tonight choose you this day who you're going to serve if you're not serving god choose you this day to serve god 
Because I tell you that to serve the world or to serve the flesh, there's no there's no gain in it. There's no reward. The only reward you're going to get is what the devil is going to get, and it's going to be hell and, and hell and damnation for eternity, and never be in the presence of God ever again. You know that's the reward of the wicked. That's the reward that the flesh is going to if the flesh don't if the flesh don't serve God. If you if you choose to serve that, and that's where you're headed. But if you choose to serve the Lord. There's rewards in it. We we got a, a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth. We're going to go to one day, and it's, it's everything's going to be all new. Everything's look. Your children to be able to, to play, to lay down with the lions and play with the and the snakes den and all that in the new kingdom and in the new world that God's got for us. All this stuff where people dying and death and and the animals fighting against each other and and killing people and everything and and everything every everybody against. You know, all the animals are against us and, and want to run from us and hide from us or attack us. All that, that's all because of sin, all because of the fall that happened in the garden. That I was telling you, what I was speaking of a little while ago about Adam, he made the choice to eat of the fruit of the tree. Him and Eve, they chose to eat of the fruit. They chose to disobey God. And when they disobeyed God, that's when sin came into the world. Because it's a, the knowledge of good and evil was knowing what is right and wrong. So now that they know what is right and wrong, now they have to make a choice to live, either live right or live wrong. Either live for God or live for the flesh and for the world and for the devil. So it's, it's, that's the, one of the biggest things that we fight against is our, is our choice, our freedom of choice. Our, we, you know, we have that privilege. It's a privilege for us to choose what we want to do. It's our freedom, our liberty to, to do what we want to do. But... It's better to serve the Lord than to serve the flesh or serve, you know, the world or serve the devil. And uh, if you turn all right, over in what I was talking about, about Adam, was in, in Genesis. Let me go ahead and turn there and read this for you. The book of Genesis. It's Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you mayest eat, freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So that's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, where it talks about that, where Adam had the choice whether or not to eat of the tree or not. He wasn't given a choice. He was told not to eat it, but his flesh chose to eat the fruit. That's, we have that ability to choose what we want to do. We have that ability to choose whether we want to live for God or live for ourselves and do our own thing. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would see if you're going to walk in the flesh and you're going to walk in the flesh and you, you can't you can't walk in both because you're going to choose what the flesh wants to do but if you walk in the spirit remember what i was saying the other night about we are become we become a new a new creature in christ we uh we have a spirit man inside of us that that when we when we come to the Lord, and so then we have to follow what the spirit man inside of us wants to do, and follow that, not follow the flesh, 
because the flesh don't want to live what don't want to do what the spirit wants it to do the flesh don't want to do what god wants us to do so we have to live by the spirit and live what the spirit wants to live by the spirit so and walk in the spirit we have to walk that way walk the way that god wants us to walk and follow after what the spirit is leading us follow after what god is leading us to do because god will lead god and direct the spirit man inside of us let's see the power of our will the power of our choice is our worst enemy out of all the enemies i'd say this is probably the strongest one and the hardest one to battle against is the about the, the power of our will and you know because we have to constantly keep it under subjection constantly keep the flesh under subjection paul said i die daily he didn't mean that he died physically daily he meant that he, he killed the flesh he put the flesh under his feet he made the flesh do what god wanted it to do what the spirit wanted the spirit man wanted it to do now if you look in romans chapter 6 verse 16 You see what I was saying a little while ago about choosing, choosing who you want to, who you want to serve. You choose this day who you're going to serve. Now, to give you scripture on the fact that we have to choose, okay, and to get this is a good verse for that, to where we have the ability to choose either one or the other, is in Romans chapter six, verse sixteen says, "Know ye not that to whom you that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey." In other words, to whoever you yield yourself as a servant to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Obedience to who? Obedience to God. God is righteous. God is righteousness. So when you obey unto God, you you obey unto righteousness. But if you obey unto sin then you obey unto death. So the like I was saying the, the last week is we are born, the flesh is born into sin because of, the, because of the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. All flesh is born unto sin. So all flesh is born unto sin and you obey the flesh and you obey in the flesh unto sin, which is death. So that's who you're yielding your members to, you, who you're yielding yourself to. You're saying, I surrender to the flesh and let the flesh do what the flesh wants to do. If the flesh wants to turn and walk away from God and go do its own thing, then you're yielding to flesh, which is sin. So you're yielding unto death. In other words, if you stay in your sin and you don't return back to God and turn away from your wicked ways, then you're going to die in your sin. And when you die in your sin, then you go to the reward of the sinner or the reward of death, which is hell and the grave. But if you obey the Lord and you turn back to God and turn away from your wicked ways and then you you obey him and you yield yourself to God as, a, as his servant, then you yield yourself unto righteousness. So if you yield yourself unto righteousness, then you yield yourself unto the reward of eternal life. So, I mean, which do you think is the better reward? Is the better reward... Uh, death hell and the grave or is a better reward eternal life and to forever be with the lord and never have to worry about any of this you know stuff again that we have to go through now being sick in our bodies and and pain and and suffering and and our loved ones you know things happen to our family members and to our loved ones and stuff you know car accidents and all that 
you know, all that stuff ain't going to be in the new kingdom. It ain't going to be in the new, the new earth. And when we come back with the Lord in the new earth and the new heaven and everything, it's not going to be the way it is now. There's not going to be no more sickness in the body and all that, good, all that stuff that we have to deal with now. And no longer have to deal with, you know, an attack of the enemy or, or the devil or, or anything that we have to deal with now. So which do you think is a greater reward in thinking about that? So now how does the armor apply to this? How does the armor apply to the power of choice or the power that, you know, what we're fighting against, which is our will or our self-will? You know, when you, like, a, we have to put the armor on. So how does the armor effective against that? Well, starting with the gospel shoes over in Psalms chapter 37, verse 23. Psalms 37, verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. So the steps of a good man, the gospel shoes, meaning as you're walking, you shall, like I was saying a few several nights ago, if you let God lead God and direct your footsteps, your foots, your, if your steps are being guided by the Lord, then you shall be laying out the, the revelation of the of salvation to others, which is the gospel shoes. So, but, you know, to have your feet, to have your feet, your steps directed by the Lord, that means you have to be paying attention to the Lord. Because if your feet, if your feet are being led or your steps being led by the Lord, then in order for them to be led by the Lord, you have to be shown the way by the Lord. So how do you be shown the way by the Lord? One, you have to have the mind of Christ. You have to, If you have the mind of Christ, then you shall be thinking like Christ. You shall be thinking the way the Lord wants you to think if you have His mind. So in Proverbs chapter 16, Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart deviseth his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So if the Lord directs his steps, then he's got his mind thinking on the Lord. So he's got the mind of Christ and he's studying the word and learning how the word, to, you know, learning how to live by the word. But he's also listening to the voice of the Lord and he's being, being, you know, keeping his mind on the Lord so that God can lead him and direct him and guide him. And uh, I heard of a preacher one time, he, he, you know, he had to stop, he, he was traveling, and as he was traveling, he was led to stop at this truck stop. He didn't know why, but he stopped at this truck stop, and he went on ahead and stopped. And as he went inside to get him, he said, well, I'm just going to get me a cup of coffee. And as he went inside, he heard, this, he heard the phone ring outside. It was an old, old pay phone that they had back then, which you don't see a lot of them anymore because now everybody's got cell phones. But he had old pay, there was an old pay phone hanging outside. And as he went by, the phone began to ring. And when the phone began to ring, he answered the phone. And God had led him there that day to talk to somebody on the phone. That person, that person said, God told me you would be here this day. Gave me the phone number and told me your name and everything and where you was going to be at. And he told me to call and that you would answer. And they, they got into a conversation. But see, that's having your, your footsteps guided by the Lord. Your steps being led by the Lord. And you have to have the mind of Christ and know. So having the mind of Christ, and you'll allow the Lord to lead, allow the Lord to direct you, and to lead you and guide you. That's the helmet of salvation. So the, the also the breastplate of righteousness also deals with this verse right here. It says a man's heart deviseth his way. If you have evilness in your heart, if you're if you're following after the flesh, then your flesh, your heart's not going to be, not going to have righteousness in it. So it's not going to. You're not going to have things coming out of you that's godly or things that's righteous. Instead, you're going to have worldly things coming out of you, things that's, that 
God is not pleased with. Because God's not pleased with you if you're living unrighteousness. If you're not living for Him, He's not pleased with you. <clears throat> and then Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I didn't mark it, but it says, By grace through faith. Let me, yeah, I'm going to read that. That's Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And that's dealing with the shield. Because the shield, you got to have faith to believe. You have to believe in God. You have to have faith in order to be saved. But it says here, For by grace ye are saved through faith. The grace, persuasion, or, or divine influence of the heart. You have a divine influence. God, You're allowing God to influence you and to influence your heart. So that's another one, another part on the breastplate. But having, allowing God to divinely influence your heart through moral conviction of religious truth, through persuasion, you're allowing God to persuade you. And that's having faith and believing. That also works with the shield. And then you have the javelins, Psalms 54, verse 6. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. Freely sacrifice. What David was talking about here is I will freely sacrifice. See, it wasn't God twisting his arm making him sacrifice. And what sacrifice was he doing? He was praising. It was a sacrifice of praise. It wasn't sacrificing an animal or, or sacrificing a bull or, or a dove or, or a lamb or whatever. No, he was giving a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. He was praising Him and exalting Him. When you exalt God and you praise Him like that and you, you pour out praise from your heart, you are actually making a sacrifice to God, which goes up into heaven as a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. That's our praise going up as, our, as we praise. That's why He comes down and amongst us and dwells amongst us because we begin to praise Him and He comes down and He, he you know, gets into our presence and He blesses us with his presence the presence of the lord when he comes down when you praise him is just it's awesome i tell you it's it's just there's no other feeling like it having the presence of the lord around you it's, but and you, all you got to do is praise him to get him to come down into your surroundings god is wonderful god is awesome you know you lift his name up and exalt him and you praise him and that you're sacrificing your time, you're sacrificing your effort, you're sacrificing the breath out of your body to praise Him. You're sacrificing your body to praise the Lord because instead of doing other things that the flesh wants to do, instead you are making a sacrifice to where you are you're presenting yourself to the Lord saying, Here I am, God, I'm praising you, I'm loving on you, God, I'm worshiping you. And that's what that's you're spending your time doing that and, and lifting him up. So he's gonna come down, and he's gonna reward you for it. But that's that's not a hard choice to make. It's not a hard choice to to love God. It's not a hard choice to worship Him and to praise Him. It's not something that that is so excruciating and painful to do. You know, it's not something that's hard to do. It's very easy to praise God. It's very easy to to love on Him and to worship Him. You just have to to determine in yourself to do it. You have to determine in yourself. Make a choice. Make a, a, a an effort. And put forth an effort and say, God, I'm going to worship you. God, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to...
I'm going to live my life for you. It's not that hard to do. But you have to determine in yourself to do it. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that's the sword, the sword coming out of your mouth, the sword of the Spirit. It says, For with your heart you believe, that's the breastplate of righteousness again, also the shield of faith, the believing part. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With your mouth you confess it. You confess unto salvation unto the Lord. <clears throat> you see, because of the power of choice that we have, it's a constant everyday thing. It's, it's every moment, every passing moment, you have to keep the flesh under subjection to the Lord. To keep the flesh under subjection to the Lord, you have to constantly be keeping your mind on the Lord, constantly thinking on Him, constantly praising Him, constantly believing in Him and with, with your whole heart and have a determination to say, come hell or high water, I'm going to serve the Lord and make it a, a, a point to where you're not going to give in, you're not going to surrender to the enemy. You're going to keep hanging on, hanging in there as hard as you can, not turning one way or the other and making it a, a, a determination to stand regardless of what comes your way, regardless of what happens in your life, regardless of what the enemy brings against you, regardless of what the flesh wants to do, regardless of all of that, make it a determination that you're going you're gonna to live for God. You're going to surrender to Him and you're going to make it a point to stand no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, you're going to stand for the Lord. You're going to keep serving Him and keep living for Him. You know, I haven't done this all my life. I, I lived, I've done my own thing. I didn't want to live for God. I haven't lived for God my whole life. You know, I have done other things in my life, but now I'm living for the Lord and I don't want to turn away. I don't want to go any other way because I want I want to hang on for the Lord and do what he wants me to do. I love getting on here and telling you guys about the Bible and stuff. I love preaching. I love going to churches and preaching and stuff. I love preaching in my church. I love going to my church and worshiping the Lord and, and hearing my pastor preach and hearing other preachers get up here and preach the word to me so I can receive as well. You know, and getting in God's presence in the house of the Lord. There's nothing like getting in His presence and seeing people saved and seeing people healed and seeing things happen in their lives too. Not just not just looking for myself gain, but looking at watching others get blessed, watching others get filled with the Holy Ghost, watching other people that surrender to the Lord and seeing just the presence of the Lord all over them and the brokenness and and stuff when God comes on them and changes their lives, and then the, the joy that comes on them afterwards. And everything and it's just there's nothing else that could compare to it there's nothing else that could compare to be in the presence of the Lord and to have the Lord come down and just embrace you and 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 love on you too when you love on him he comes down and he loves on you it's not a one-way thing it's not just all just us worshiping and loving God no Adam in the garden when he was walking God would come down during the cool of the day and he would walk with Adam and talk with Adam he brought all the animals to him one at a time and allowed him to name each and every one. God didn't name the animals. Adam named the animals. If you, if you don't believe that, read your Bible. See what the Bible says. The Bible says God brought every animal to him and he named each and every one of them. And so that, that was awesome. God spent a lot of time with Adam. We don't know exactly how long he was in the garden before, before he fell. Because you think about it. 
That's a long time to bring every, every single creature that's on this earth for each and every one of them to be brought to Adam and Adam give it a name, you know, like the giraffe and the lion and the, the panther and the, the cow and all that. He, he, named, he called them all that. So you think about how long that would have taken, but, but God would come down and talk with him and, and commune with him and, and fellowship with him. And, you know, that's pretty awesome. And he, do, he does that to us too. But thinking about that, thinking about what the Word of God says, and the reality of it, the reality is God didn't create man in sin. God did not take man and form him in sin. Sin came on after the fact. Sin came on after they disobeyed God, after they'd done what God told them not to do. That's when sin came on. But God didn't create us in sin. We're born into sin because of what happened in the beginning, what I was talking about in the last video, the principality or the principle that was set in motion. So if we are not born into sin, then thinking about the reality of that, the reality is that we that God died on the cross and shed his blood so that his blood could cover our sins. So if his blood can cover our sins, that means that we are redeemed from sin back to the nature that Adam was in the garden when God would come down and commune with him. So thinking about that, we have the ability now, if we are if we accept the fact that God died for us and accept him as our savior, and then then we have the ability now to get into his presence. If his blood is covering our sins and we are striving for to live for him and striving for perfection, we have the ability to enter into his presence. How do we enter into his presence? You enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. So when you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, then you're just outside the tabernacle. That's where God dwells is inside the tabernacle, inside the Holy of Holies. So when you get to praising him and invite him into your presence, then you enter into his presence and he will come down and he will fellowship with you. He said, come, let us reason together. How are you going to reason to God, reason with God if you can't talk to Him? How are you going to reason with God if you can't fellowship with Him? How are you going to reason with God if, he, if He's not going to come down and get into your presence and be right there where you all can talk back and forth? So think about how powerful that is. You know, th there's so much to this. It's not just to go up and, and shake the pastor's hand and repeat after him and, and get up and walk away and then you're saved. No, you have to... You have to get into His presence. You have to surrender to the Lord. You have to meet Him at the altar. It's not meeting Him at the preacher. It's meeting Him at the altar. You go kneel at the altar and you pray through. You, when you pray through, then you pray until you enter into that that lies beyond the veil, which beyond the veil is where God is. So you have to press into that. And when you press into it and you, you reason, come on, you talk to Him. He comes down and He talks to you. He tells you He's got something better for you. He tells you He's got a better life for you. He's got a life that he's laid out from the foundation of the world before he even formed you in his mother in your mother's womb. He already had a plan for your life. He already had a plan for the right person for you to meet, the right house for you to live in, the right car for you to drive, the right family for you to have. He had all that already laid out. And if you would have just surrendered to him at the right at the, the beginning of it all and followed him the whole path and never turned from one side to the other, then you would have that perfect life that he had in store for you for you to live. But you see, we don't think about that. We, think, we, we deal so much with the flesh and wanting to do what the flesh wants to do to where we forget to look and see what God has in store for us. 
Instead, we want what the flesh wants instead of wanting what God has. And what God has is so much better, so much more wonderful, so much more awesome for us to, to have than we could ever dream or think. See, it hasn't entered into the mind of man or into the heart what God has in store for us and what He has laid up for us. But we can see it through the Spirit. We can catch a glimpse every now and then through the Spirit. And in His Word, we can see what He has for us in His Word. Not to the fullest extent. We can't even, like it says, we can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for us. But we know He's got something great waiting on us. That we have to get there. We have to make it. And how are you going to make it? By putting the armor on and striving and fighting your way through until you get to the other side. Until you get across that finish line. Until you win this thing. You have to be victorious. But on the belt of truth, over in Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. It says, Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The yoke of bondage began at the fall in the garden. But God has made a way to redeem us and get us out of that and to liberate us and to make us free. But we have to accept it. We have to accept what He done for us. We have to turn to Him and say, Lord God, I accept what You did. Lord Jesus, take me, Lord, and turn my life around and change my life, God. Lord, help me to live my life for You, Jesus. Turn it around, Lord God. Save me, Lord. And help me, Lord Jesus, to where I can walk the way you want me to walk to where I can live the way you want me to live Lord come down and be my God be my Lord and I will serve you Jesus and help me to stand Lord I choose this day to live for you I choose this day to serve you and he'll change your life if you don't have a church that you go to get in a church that's preaching the truth in Okeechobee you can come to Haven Arrest Church we'll be glad to have you and uh, so but you see you have to want it. You have to make you have to make the choice. Nobody can twist your arm. God's not going to come down and twist your arm and force you to live for him. It's a choice we have to make. We have to make it. It's one of the things that we fight against. And it's one of the things that we're going to have to deal with until till we're till we're through here. Until we make it into heaven and where God's at. And once we get there then we'll be given a new heavenly body and we'll be given a new we'll be we'll be like him because we will see him we will see him because we will be like him we'll be we'll be made like him so we'll no longer fight against sin no longer fight against things that we have to fight against now but until we get there we have to keep fighting we have to keep dealing with what we're going through and we have to make it we have to continue to press on and push and press forever pressing against forever pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus and that's something we have to continually do we have to continue to get up every morning. Come on. Armor shouldn't be taken off of the spirit man. The spirit man don't sleep. Only the flesh sleeps. But every morning we have to remind ourselves that we got the armor of God on. If you put it down, you need to put it, pick it back up and dust it off and put it put it back on. And quit putting it down. Keep it on always. You know, get up every morning and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for another beautiful day. Good morning, Lord. Help me to get through this day. And help me, Lord Jesus, to keep my mind stayed on you. And help me to walk the way you want me to walk. Help me, Lord Jesus, to keep righteousness in my heart. And help me, Lord Jesus, to keep your word and your law 
on my heart, Lord Jesus. Help me keep it there. Help me get it there. If, I, if, it's, if it's not already there, ask God to help you get the, His Word on your heart. Get His Word in your heart so that you can speak it and to help you to believe and to help you to keep joy in your heart and, and praise in your mouth and to help you to, to pray throughout the day that He shall keep you and help you to stay in the truth and keep you in the truth. That's, come on, that's what we need to pray every morning. We need to ask God to help us. We need to ask Him to help. Come on, polish that armor. Get that armor being effective in your life so that you can make it, so that you can continue to make it through this and get it to the other side. Put that flesh under your feet. Come on, put that flesh man under your feet and walk for God and keep it in line. Hunger and thirst after righteousness and you shall be filled. I hope this helped you tonight. Um, also, if you haven't liked my page, um, i got a page now. It's Kevin Fryer's Ministry. Uh, if you haven't liked it, go there and like it because um, I'm eventually going to start probably doing these videos on, from the page. So, uh, But until everybody gets to you know, liking the page or whatever so that they'll get notifications that I'm putting a video up, I'm going to have to continue to do it here on my Facebook page. But, but that's, you know, that's good, too. But... Um, Anyways, I uh, hope you enjoyed this tonight. I hope it helps you. If, it, if you enjoyed it and, it and it's doing you any good, please share it so that help me get the word out there. And I thank you for it. Um, 